He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. Weber back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet. Put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento. Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast. I am James Ham, your Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. Joining me, ABC 10's Sean Cunningham. Sean, this is an emergency, scheduled emergency pod. Are you right? okay? Are you all right? I'm all right. You all right? <laughs> I'm, all, I'm doing okay. I'm all right. I, I, I think so. I think we're doing okay. I burned okay. some toast that's, earlier that's, today. That's okay. <laughs> My fire alarm did go off. I will say that. That was that's actually true, by the way. All right. But, but yeah. But emergency podcast. I think I know why. Yeah, yeah. We we got a little bit of news. Okay. So first and foremost, if you're watching on on YouTube, uh, just stop what you're doing right now. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Let's do this. Uh, let's let's start bolstering this thing. Uh, we're already halfway to our goal of a thousand uh, subscribers. Um, but we need to get there quickly. Uh, number two, uh, if you're not already a subscriber to the King's Beat, you should be. Uh, down below in the description, there. you'll find links to subscribe. You'll find links to sub, uh, to do a, a premium subscription. You need to get on board with that because uh, the happy hour is coming. And uh, you need to support good content, uh, local content here in Sacramento. Uh, so let's get to it. The Sacramento Kings. We have confirmed, have traded De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Tristan Thompson. De'Aaron Fox? Oh, my goodness. Oh, Let's you back just... that up. Oh, boy. Yeesh, I just Erroneous. freaked everyone out. Uh, the <laughs> I Sacramento thought I got Kings, my report wrong. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings have traded Tyrese Halliburton. Excuse me. Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Tristan Thompson, to the Indiana Pacers for Domantas Sabonis. Uh, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and a 2027 second round pick. The deal is done from everything that I've been told. They have not announced a deal yet, but it is all but done. Tyrese Halliburton is no longer a Sacramento King. And Sean, the fans are freaking out all over the place. Freaking out. I mean, Twitter's freaking out. Some people are freaking out. <laughs> I mean,. I, I think it. there's a lot of people that are excited. Um, I understand. I mean, I understand one way or the other. I, like to me, it's a trade that it's so funny. How many times do you hear people do anything, make a trade, addition by subtraction, do whatever you do, and then they do it, and then wait, what? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have reservations about the trade, but man you just landed a this is the way i mean i'm not again i said this in a tweet i'm not trying to spin anything yeah but but you just landed a legit all-star for one player that you really truly cared about that fell to you in a draft a little over a year ago two almost two years ago at the 12th pick yep and you turned him because that's the most prized possession of the trade at least from a sacramento standpoint Moving him, the one you truly valued, to Indiana for Demonis Sabonis, a legit all-star. A guy you traded who may never be an all-star, 
He might. He, I mean, he certainly could be. But I digress. I mean, Sean's I, I, phone I get it. is literally, it is. and it's, it's really. <laughs> I almost have to take it, but I'm not going to, James. I'm oh. not going to. I will oh. soon, though. All right. Yeah. Uh, this is wild. I mean, it, it, it's a huge trade for the Sacramento Kings. And um, I was just on with D'Lo and Casey, and I broke down some of what I, I believe to be true. Um, like, look, n- these trades never feel good at all. Uh, I think some every once in a while you're like, oh, thank you. I can't believe that happened. Um there is a little bit of that in this trade because uh, I'm just going to be honest, Sean. There is addition by subtraction uh, with the when with regards to Buddy Hield. Uh, the fact that Buddy Hield is no longer a member of the Sacramento Kings, I believe, is a very good thing for a lot of people. I think it's a very good thing for the franchise itself. I think that while he hasn't just been like the worst teammate and every, I think there is enough uh, to understand that, that like he, him wanting to, to not be there had become a problem and it became a problem before this season and it became a problem coming into this season. And I think it's something that has festered and I don't think he's been good on the court. Uh, I think that the Kings are a better team when he's not on the court, but you almost have to play him to keep his value where it is. Um, like, look, I, I think that this is, as far as that component of this, is a good thing. I think losing Tyrese Halliburton is, it's such a hard thing for fans. And, and even, like, look, for us, he's well, been the biggest breath of fresh air we've ever had. James, like, I mean, yeah. that's, <laughs> selfishly, for us in the media, we just lost a media game Hall of Famer. Yep. And probably among the best to ever do it. I mean that he's that good when it comes to dealing with him in the media. Uh boy, that that's the tough part for me. But yeah. from a basketball player standpoint, I get it also. Um elite playmaking already and a guy who you had control of at no money for 4 years. I get that. Yeah. But it's going to take something to land an all-star and I can't believe they did it without having to move any of the first round picks. That to me is incredible like i i am literally baffled by that because we were talking about it at this podcast like all the stuff i mean how about that james of all this of all the pieces that indian i know the trade deadline isn't over yet but they still have miles turner um i didn't think sabonis would be traded i really i really did not think sabonis would go out the door and i thought it would cost more than this i really did james i thought it would cost more than this to land uh demonis sabonis and it and it didn't okay so i'm gonna take that you thought I thought that whatever Ben Simmons was going to get, whatever you got for Ben Simmons is sort of what you're going to get for Sabonis. Young player, multiple first round picks. That's, it's not what happened. That's not I mean, what happened. I, like I'm stunned. Uh, I'm going to dispel there. There's a rumor going out there that, uh, that Justin holiday is not vaccinated. I, I think that that could be true. That Justin holiday is, is not vaccinated, but the rumor going around is that because Justin holiday is, is unvaccinated he cannot play for the Sacramento Kings at their home games. He can play for Sacramento Kings, yeah. He he can play. There, there's no question. The Kings currently have at least one player. Uh, maybe I think it's actually at this point it's two that are unvaccinated. Um, and, and I'm not going to out people. That's their own public thing. That's their own private thing. Um, but they do have uh, two two players that are unvaccinated at this point, and maybe a third. Uh, but that it was at some, one time three. 
Yeah, it was at one point three. I don't know if it is anymore. But yeah, I think that there is a there was a half vaccinated player, if that makes sense. Someone who had got their first shot but not their second shot uh, before uh, getting the virus. Um, like you know, so so look. But Justin, this is not New York. Sacramento has different different this, rules this is and regulations. State. It's not Sac- yeah. uh, San Francisco. In San Francisco, you're right. If he's a home player, he cannot play. Visiting players can play uh, that are unvaccinated. So Kyrie Irving can play anywhere. Uh, and in Sacramento, like, do the Kings have a policy that all employees are to be vaccinated? Yes. Do Does the NBA player fit into all employees? No, it does no. not. It does not. Um, because contractually and through the, the players union, there's no way to force, there's no way to force a player as, as a, uh, as an employer, if an employee does not want to get vaccinated, you can say, look, but I'm terminating you, um, because you're not under a long-term contract with, with X amount of dollars owed and everything else. Um, okay. So, so going to dispel that rumor. Um, We'll get to the other players that are coming over outside of Sabonis, and, uh, you know, the other players here in a minute. Um, but you know, like what we were talking about, there's something special about Tyrese Halliburton when it comes to talking to the media. Even when it, like, whatever he is to the media, you see it on the court as well. He's like a, a crazy creative communicator, even if it's with his basketball like skills. You see it. And I think that, like, he is a player that I believe can be really special in the league. Is he going to be a Hall of Famer or is, or is he going to be a multi-time All-Star? We don't know that. Um, you know, I, I would say that he probably, at this point, it has as close to a good a shot to being that as De'Aaron Fox does. Um, and it's possible that neither neither of them ever reach that plateau. And it's also possible that... Ty does, and, and De'Aaron doesn't, and it's possible that DeMontis Sabonis never reaches that status ever again, and you trade it for a guy who was a two-time All-Star but is no longer a two-time All-Star. I mean, is no longer an All-Star level player. Um, I should say he's no longer an All-Star. I think what you're getting from Sabonis is an All-Star level player, whether he is an All-Star or not. Right. Just, like, look at what he does. And, Sean, I think we should start there. Like, Sabonis... Just the raw stats are nuts. Like this is a a an incredible player who checks almost every box that you need as a king, uh, except for maybe one. He's not like an elite level defender. He's a good position defender. He's not an elite like uh, help defender or a shot blocker. But we're talking about a guy who averages right around 19 points, right around 12 rebounds, right around five assists. Last season, those numbers were much better than that. Um, but he, if I'm not mistaken, he just won a player of the week, not too long ago, like last week, like the week before, uh, this is a dude who number one fixes your rebounding problem. Uh, he can play the four or the five. He fixes your inability to grab a rebound and initiate a fast break, which this team clearly has. They don't have a passing big man at all. He's a player that De'Aaron Fox can play off of. Uh, as far as like in, in a pick and roll situation, he's not a lob threat, but he's a different type of, of, of big man that you can play through. And Sean, like if there were, uh, there, if there was a player outside of maybe Ben Simmons that I really liked, I've talked about this forever. It's Sabonis. And when he was available, potentially available last summer, 
like I was all over it. And then I, I did some more digging into it and found out he really wasn't available. Um, but what do you like? What do you not like about Sabonis? What, uh, what I love is he's a double, double machine. Yep. Um, the one thing I do have concerns about his rebounding coming to Sacramento because I feel like he's going to be a better rebounder in Indiana than in Sacramento. And what I mean by that is I think he's going to miss Miles Turner quite a bit. Um, I feel like Miles Turner created a lot of opportunity for him. However, and and I would say I'm a little nervous if they don't move Rashawn Holmes. I am a little nervous if, with that pairing. I, it, it seems a little weird to me. Um, so just in the immediate, those are some concerns, but walking double, double, I mean, this guy is a elite playmaker. You just lost an elite playmaker and you just gained an elite playmaker, which is odd because it's just a different position. Um, a true center and somebody who's absolutely able to check a lot of boxes for Sacramento. Some would call his stats a little shallow or hollow or whatever adjectives you want to use, but I feel like he's a very He's a player that offers a lot of intangibles. He has star quality. And to me, when you look at the double, it's, the double-doubles just speak for itself. It's going to be, he's going to be the most talented player that De'Aaron Fox has ever played with uh, at the pro level. And a guy with double-doubles that's only behind Nikola Jokic and Rudy Gobert. And those guys, one is a MVP and the other one has been in the MVP conversation for the past two years. So um, I like it. I'm not saying you're getting an MVP, but those are certainly what leap off the page. I mean, it's like having a better version of Vladi Divac in his prime. You have a better, much better version. It's like having, I, w- I don't want to call him Chris Weber because he doesn't have that athleticism, but it's like having a much better Vladi Divac. That makes sense. Years old. Yeah. At, at 25 years old. That makes sense to me. A, a much better Vladi Divac. Um, and look, uh, I'll caveat all of this with, I don't think the Kings are done. No, nope. actually, I know they're not done. <laughs> and and that tells me that like De'Aaron Fox, we keep we, we can talk about the pairing of Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox, but really can't, we can't because we're not sure. We're not sure that Fox will be here after after Thursday. I think he will be here, but I'll say this, Sean: if you were going to find a player that could utilize the skill set of De'Aaron Fox the best, this is probably it. Um, I, I think that Jokic is a guy that plays better with three point shooters with true floor spacers he's a guy that eats up so much space in the key but i think sabonis's ability to play the high post uh it, it has has the potential to unlock De'Aaron fox now how i look at it is i don't think that sabonis is a legit number one like on a good playoff team i think he's a really good player but i don't think he's a star level number one that everyone goes okay that's your lead option I think that he has the potential to take De'Aaron Fox from a number two slash three option and potentially make him into a number one option because of the way that he can, Fox and him will be be able to play off each other. And so that's one thing that really excites me, his ability to hit a a cutter, to set a screen. Um, You know, right now the Kings have this, they have bigs that really they're so limited in what they can do as passers. They can set a screen and roll to the basket and that's about it. What they can't do is take a ball, have a point guard run by them, and make a pass to that point guard cutting to the rim. And so I think that if you're able to use these guys the right way, that there's a an opportunity for Sabonis to be the key to unlocking De'Aaron Fox and really him reaching his potential. Maybe I'm wrong. You're not going to be able to 
Uh, he's not going to be the guy who's going to be leading the the break. You still need a rim running four uh, that can block shots. You still need uh, additional players, but I think he's going to be a guy who grabs rebounds and fires them out to Fox and and Davion or whoever else is out there flanking down the sides and getting the ball out. And the Kings just don't have that. They don't have it right well, now. And I like the fact that, you know, we're here, we are talking about what he does well, and there are some obviously deficiencies, but I think, I mean, there's they've got a lot of work to do. This this team is not yet done. You mentioned, James, that the trade deadline is still two days away as we record this. So there's ample opportunity. And again, maybe it doesn't happen right now, but the offseason is going to be very crucial because you have to build around us. Uh, when you have, when you have Demonis Sabonis, you have to build around him in a certain way. And if that includes De'Aaron Fox, you need to know that really quickly. So uh, I think you'll have a little over 20 games remaining in the season if you keep De'Aaron Fox at this deadline to kind of see what that looks like. However, and we know what, what this front office thinks about small sample sizes, um, however, you, you're just going to, it's not quite there yet. But the thing that's encouraging to me is they're not wanting to, and again, encouraging in a sense that I know how fans are, they're impatient. Um, they feel like they've already say what you will. They've reset the button so many times that you could argue they didn't do it the right way. But I've been saying it for weeks on this podcast, James, where, and you have too. like this, there's just no stomach. I think for the majority of the fan base to go through a hard reset and he's under contract for the next two years. I know it's not the four that Tyrese is, but this is a, this is a, a moment to, to try to make something happen in the immediacy. Um, and he's definitely a the the big spearheaded figurehead in in the in the core of the team and we talked about that this this core needed a shakeup it got a shakeup and it got a shakeup in a different way that we thought where they still keep their assets and they still have very attractive assets to to throw out of town and uh, uh you know to say that this wasn't expected would be a lie because i mean look we we expected everybody to to be on the table we, you know we i i said you know I made the argument. That's why it pays to listen to this podcast because I made the argument that Tyrese Halliburton, while I'd be inclined not to trade him, doesn't mean I would not trade him. And I said that his value, you could argue, would never be higher than it is now. A low contract with four years remaining. And obviously Indiana felt that way, right? But it kind of got surprising <laughs> yesterday, in the wake of yesterday because of the rising stars and the avail the availability of talking to Davion and, and Tyrese Halliburton about being able to represent the team at the rising stars challenge, because the team was finally saying, Hey, this is the time to do it and, and we'll get it done. And I said, well, what about the trade deadline? What about the trade deadline? <laughs> so yeah, Let, some... let's, set, let's set the stage with that. So on Saturday night, we, we left the game and before we left, uh, media relations came in and said, look, we're going to get, uh, we got, you know, two days off here. Uh, we're going to take Sunday off. We're going on Monday. We're going to get you Davion. We're going to get you Ty to talk about the Rising Stars because the Kings play back to back against Minnesota, and then they take off on a road trip, and then the All Star break happens, and then they're still on a road trip after the All Star break, and so they're gone for like eight games plus a week of the All Star break. So we're not going to see this team for a long time. We might not even see Sabonis uh, before he he. I mean, he might walk in the building. But we, we probably won't see him on the floor uh, in the next two games. And so so basically, media relations was like, hey, we're going to get you these guys so you guys have content for when it does have for All-Star Weekend. So Sean and I, like, we showed up yesterday, and 
it was fun. Sean, you got a, a one-on-one with these guys. And, you know, I think that's, that's uh, what is it that you, you took away from that? Well, the first, I mean, first of all, if you get to see the interview, I'm going to post it later today. I post a, a little snippet that we're going to be able to play here in a minute. And <laughs> it was fun, man. I mean, fast forward just to the end real quick. Cause I literally get up and I tell my photographer and Kevin John, who I work with, and I'm like, man, just don't trade these guys. I mean, because not, be, not because, you know, I'm rooting for them to stay for the Kings because I just did an interview that I'm planning on pulling a feature out of to promote the fact that they're, you know, in the rising stars challenge and they're going to be facing off with one another on opposing teams because of the gimmicky challenge. I just said, now don't trade these guys. Now don't trade these guys for my own story purposes, selfishly, because it'll make my story completely <laughs> useless, which it is. And so that that's just the, the risk you run in doing this. So uh, I think the interview will still, I'll be able to post the interview later today in its entirety. Uh, people I think can have some fun with it. But the thing that stood out was these two guys are ultra competitive, um, have a really quirky dynamic you know, Davion, if you've heard him in interviews before, he can be rather stoic. He doesn't speak a lot. He's a little shy. He's a little timid. He chooses his words wisely. He's, you know, he's still new to all this. Ty is the opposite. He'll talk more than James and I combined. He's always talking. He's got opinions. Uh, he's the ultimate teammate. He, you know, lifts guys up, but he's competitive. And um, and they're talking about the competition of the of the Rising Stars, <laughs> Rising Stars Challenge, which Davion comes in and says, I'm going to foul out of that game. I'm going to foul out of that game because I want people to know I, I play hard. And then they're having this back. Literally, I didn't have to do much at all, James. I sat there. I would maybe instigate some, instigate some moments where they're just kind of going back and forth. It's hysterical. It was absolutely funny. So if you're, a, if you're someone who's really sad to see Tyrese go, this isn't going to help you. That you're going to be this. This is going to make make you miss him a hell of a lot more. But it's a 25 minute interview of these guys just absolutely having a ball with one another. And you won't get this in this clip that we're going to play, but I do want to say it here because I'll forget if I don't. But I asked them in practices because obviously you're, they were playing in a time with no deer and fox out with this ankle injury, and it created ample opportunity for them to play along each other. And I said. How much time in practices, scrimmages, before the season, whatever, how much time do you guys spend as teammates as opposed versus you guys as opposition where you're going up against each other all the time? Obviously, Tyrese with the first team, Davion with the second team. They say we almost are never paired together. And I thought that was interesting. I'm like, is that by design? And he said, and so this gave him that, that moment. And what do you see? You see Davion go off for a career high against the Warriors. You see Tyrese go off for a career high in assists against uh oklahoma city in a game that he still didn't think he played well right i mean (laughs) yeah so you have these moments where you could kind of see what was going and and by the way when i tweeted out if you saw the the pictures i did and i said coming soon i was not referring to them as being the starting tandem backcourt of the sacramento kings for years to come as some people took that and kind of ran with it i was talking about I've got a feature of this really cool interview that you guys are going to love. And so I was just literally just teasing it. Like if you're a Kings fan, even if you're an NBA fan, I mean, when you hear just the dynamic between these two guys, it's, it's really, it's really fun. It's a fun interview in a season that had nothing. And these are the brightest moments. Yeah. And this is, and you see, you're talking about where the Kings are right before the dread debt, the dread line. How about that? Let's call it the dread line. The NBA trade dead dread line. Um, 
and, and and you just see the joy among these guys and it, and it's it's really super fun and james if you want to if you want to fire it off right now man go for it let's hit it together but you're destined to probably face off at some point right yeah that's the plan how much you look forward to that um i'm really looking forward to it because <laughs> we, we've been talking about this for a minute and i'm really like gonna foul out that game <laughs> I'm scoring. I'm scoring. I'm scoring. Some people may hear that and they're like, Davion just wants to get <laughs> foul out real quick so he doesn't have to play. <laughs> Would that be accurate? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I'll just play when I say foul yeah. out, but I'm really going to be playing hard, though. Right. Like, that's my goal, just to be the hardest playing player out there right now. <laughs> Come on, bro. What are we doing? <laughs> like, what are we talking about? You don't mean the hardest? Like, it's an all-star game. I want people to know, like, yo, he's really playing hard. But everybody, we all know that already. Like, there's not one person out there who's coming out there like, yeah, Davion, like, I don't know how you, like, they know you play hard. Well, I mean, you're um, called off night for a reason, right? Hey, come right. on, bro. Am I, like, why would I be different than what I am Like, now? so if you see me on a fast break by myself, you're going to gonna try to run me down and block it? Do I do, like, that? Like, do, I do that now? Huh? Do I do that? Yes. No, I don't. No, I've I seen don't. you chase somebody down. I'm just – and steal it, not block it. Okay. But I'm just saying, like, you playing like it's life or death. It's an all-star game. If this is – we in the championship game? If we in the championship game, I'm playing I'm, – I'm trying to win. Okay. But, right. like – we, If we, we're not going to play each other first, probably not. I don't know. If we do – I mean, I'm still trying to win that next game, though. I'm trying to win, too, but I'm not going to – I'm not letting you dunk if that's what you're asking me. <laughs> I'm not going to let you dunk. You're not going to have a choice. No, I'm, not. I'm really going to run so fast that you're going to have to slow step to lay the ball up. I'm going to drop it off and okay. somebody's going to punch on your team. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, I think, honestly, my whole team is going to play hard because our coach is Gary Payton. So it's like we all going to be playing really hard anyway. So I can't be the one guy be like, oh, I'm not really going to play this. I'm going to let him dunk that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he does have Isaiah Thomas, right? Yeah. Like, I mean. What is the coach that do? like? Listen, we're playing he gonna, basketball. He gonna it's be like, going out there with hooping. We're playing basketball. Okay. We're gonna play. But I'm so just what, saying, like, why, why I'm gonna be throwing more no looks than usual. I might throw off the glass or something crazy. I'm gonna go out there and have fun and, and try to win. But you gonna be out there trying to win. Yeah, to win. Sean. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> we got Davion before and. And he, he hasn't met Gary Payton, and he, he doesn't really know Gary Payton's game, except for the fact that he's a glove and that he's, like, a great defender. And I'm like, well, are you going to learn how to talk like Gary Payton? Because that's all Gary Payton did was talk trash the whole time. And Damian's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to add that. And I'm like, when we were done and he was walking away, I'm like, I, I want to see you, like, in the gym, like, working out by yourself because that's all he does. He works out nonstop but like literally screaming and talking trash the whole time. Like, I just like, I want to see you practice talking trash. Because to <laughs> me, that would be a joy to watch Davion, like, you know, trying to feel it out, like, you know, talking smack while he's he's sitting there playing, uh, like running up and down the court by himself and shooting shots by himself or making moves. To me, that would just be a joy. Like it's the funny. making of a trash talker. Yeah, and, and it's funny you mention that because um, there, we, we got into the discussion about Ty- Tyrese talking all the time, Davian not really talking as much. And they got into the discussion of trash talking. And Davion said, the one time I trash talked <laughs> was against Jamias Ramsey in college against in Texas Tech. And he said he went off and made him a better... He, his point was sometimes trash talking makes the other player, the opposition, better. 
And he talked about when he faced uh, Jemias Ramsey in college at Texas Tech. And he says, yeah. And then he went off and started giving it to me. So it was, he's like, it doesn't work very well for him. So I guess you got to pick and choose your battles, right? I love trash talking. I've always been a trash talker. Uh, Like I played volleyball for years. I played doubles for years. That's literally all you do. Like, you know, you just talk smack the whole time. Um, But some guys got it and some guys don't. And I I think that Ty is a guy that's probably like, he's giving little barbs here and there. He's talking a little bit, but uh, it was only going to get better as he as he went on, and is it's only going to get better as he gets on in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like Sean, I can't wait to see it. So make sure that uh, you guys are watching out for that, you know. And and also remember that, like, this is Sean is getting great content. Like, make sure you're you're following his oh. work at at ABC Ten. No, I mean really, Appreciate like that. you've been doing this for a long time, and like I didn't go sit with those guys and do a one on one, mainly because like the video aspect of it has so much more value than writing a story and you can't capture the nuances of, of that, uh, the banter and stuff when, when you're just writing a story like that would not play out in a Q and a. And right. so the good thing is you had Kevin there, you were able to get high uh, value content and, and, you know, good video and, and everything. It, it looks great. So I'm excited to watch the whole thing. Um, I'm going to get to something that, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, put out. And uh, I'm actually, I'm going to call this Tuesday Overreactions. It could be. <laughs> it definitely could be. Like, like It certainly qualifies, right? I mean, for all gosh. of you out there who have, that watched Sesame Street when you were young, um, <laughs> there's a guy named Don Piano that always tried to do row, row, row your boat on the piano. And then he would not be able, he'd hit the wrong key and then he'd, like bang his head on the piano. I feel like Don Piano when I hear the comment that Adrian Wojnarowski said about this deal, that rival executives around the league, around the league, all of them, Sean, everyone said, oh, if we would have known that Tyrese Halliburton was available, then we would have we would have made an offer. Okay, so I'm going to break this down. Number one, the Kings did everything but put a sky, like the plane, the Sky Riders, out saying that everyone was available. Like Adrian Wojnarowski told everyone that everyone on the Sacramento Kings was available. I not only said that everyone was available, I started naming names so people understood that when I said everyone is available, it doesn't mean that a dude with the name everyone on the back of his jersey is available. It means that every single person is available. Sean Holmes. Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton. Now, we got to the point where it was like, uh, we want to kind of build around uh, Tyrese, and we want to build around uh, De'Aaron Fox. But, Sean, I have a real problem with this because I'm pretty sure I'm just going to flip this trade around, and I'm going to say, does everyone in the league have a – 25-year-old two-time all-star that they're willing to trade for Tyrese Halliburton and I'm going to make you take on two years of Buddy Heald's contract. All right, ready? Go. Give me a 25-year-old all-star, two-time all-star, and not only will I take Tyrese Halliburton, I will also take $40 million in Buddy Heald. Which which team is that, Sean? And the I mean, 
every team that was talking about that the asking price would have been higher. That's why. That's what again why I'm so impressed by this trade. Like you can certainly look if you want to tell me that Tyrese Halliburton is untradeable and you don't trade him and you shouldn't have made this deal. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, like I'll I'll believe that. Like I'll 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 give you that. Yeah. But if 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 you're telling me you traded him and you landed a two-time All-Star and you know with due respect to Buddy and Tristan, like those are ancillary moves because they were already Let me let me put it to you this way, James. Let's pretend the the Lakers trade goes through. Would you rather have Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzma or would you rather have Demonis Sabonis? I'd rather have Demonis Sabonis. Yep. No, so, I, I mean, look, I, like, and I, again, I'm not saying like the Kings like just in, got off in, of forty million dollars. They got off of forty million dollars. They did. I mean, no. it take you have to move somebody to make something. And again, if you if if whatever executives that 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 Woj is talking, look, he's he's well connected. I'm not trying to say anything or dispel whatever you know anything he's saying. I truly yeah. believe he thinks. I truly believe he believes what he's saying based off what he's heard. But ask yourself, whoever you're listening to. If they didn't know Tyrese avail- Tyrese Halliburton was available or could be had, or like you didn't make a a call to Sacramento because maybe they maybe maybe they did make a call to Sacramento and said, oh, we're not interested in trading Tyrese Halliburton." It's either because <laughs> sorry, this phone man. It's either because you didn't have enough, or at the time there wasn't a deal to be had. Like this is something that didn't just come out of thin air. Although I do believe. Um, I do believe that as of yesterday, and so they probably weren't going to trade Tyrese, but obviously something changed today and maybe last night um, to where things, and that's literally how things go when the trade deadline comes around. Sometimes teams get desperate. What if the, the, what if the ultimate, maybe they had a deal on the table guys and there was a first round pick in there and the Kings kept saying, yeah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And then ultimately the Pacers call back today or late last night and say, all right, we're willing to move off the first round pick. This is the deal we want. We we like Halliburton. We want Halliburton. And then finally they look around and they go, okay, it, I haven't talked to Monty McNair publicly like that yet. And hopefully we can have some sort of conversation publicly, privately, whatever to have some sort of, Clarification. Clarification, some context there. If he shows his hand, which maybe he won't. Um, but I'm sure we're going to hear from him. We have to hear from him at the trade deadline. So he will be asked at what, you know, at what point did Tyrese Halliburton become available? What, at what point did this start to look like, you know, a move that was going to be made? Um, and Sean, I'm just going to point out that what people, I, I don't know that they're listening this probably isn't the only trade. And so when you take on this deal, it could be because you have another deal that's coming that makes this deal make even more sense. Possibly. Po- and, and, so, and, and, and we should, you know, we should caution. <laughs> we should caution because it's possible it doesn't. But yeah. it's not, it's, but again, we knew that Sacramento is the, among the most aggressive teams out there looking to make a, a deal work. You know. Yeah, I'm just gonna say Tuesday overreactions. My it's it's not my overreaction. It's it's really the overreaction to the situation. Like yeah, what else was someone else going to offer? Like look around the league, 
we can figure out who's around a 25-year-old two-year a two-time All-Star. Was there another trade out there, especially one where they would take back Buddy Heald? And I'm going to tell you that I don't think I can find that trade. I don't think I can find that deal out there because I'm pretty sure that the Ben Simmons uh, sweepstakes was a lot higher than Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson. I'm going to guarantee you it was higher than that. And so uh, it is what it is. Like the Kings took on less money. I, I mean, they literally saved money it's, in this deal. Right. It's it, That's the part that is wild, especially when you look at Jeremy Lamb's expiring contract. $10.5 million. And Justin Holiday is essentially a cheaper – now, granted, I'm not trying to per, compare him to Buddy, but look at the money that comes off with Buddy Heald. And when, yeah, you have Justin Holiday, who's under contract for next season, that's not a bad player, yeah. not a bad player at all, uh, can help out some playmaking even from a two-guard standpoint. Um, yeah, could it look, I get it. I get it. And again, like, I'm not here to say whether or not this is a good move or a bad move. Like, to me, it's a... It's a move that certainly is risky, but they all have risk to them, James. All these, you know, I guess I guess you can go back to the Chris Webber trade and say that one didn't have much risk to it because you had, you know, Chris, you had Mitch Richmond and Otis Thorpe who were on the definite downside of their career, and you landed an All Star. That was a coup of a deal for Sacramento. I wouldn't call this one a coup, but it has potential. It certainly has potential to be, and it's the type of move that was worth risking in my opinion especially considering that when you don't have to give up those picks yeah i mean look tyrese is a that's a tough one to see walk out the door it really is james but i'll go back to what i said just weeks ago all throughout the past greater past month you know which is again his vet you could argue his value will never be higher and even if he goes off and ascends to be the star which i don't think most people are are predicting that he will but sure let's pretend he does you know, it makes Sacramento better, I think, in the in the now to have a all star caliber player paired with De'Aaron, who they're already um invested to, and we'll see what Thursday happens, whether he's here or not. But if he is, they're doing a double down on Fox. They still believe in Fox. Let's see it. You know, it is it yeah. is it is amazing to see how quickly some people can turn on some of these players. And I will remind people, I've said this before. Kings fans have a interesting way of turning on the perceived best player. You know, it's a, it happens every step of the way, no matter if they're good teams or bad. I remember people who were fed up with Weber. I remember people who were fed up with, you know, Kevin Martin, Tyreek Evans, you know, uh, it, it just DeMarcus happens. Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins for sure. Right. Uh, Mitch Richmond, even, I mean, we, we, you know, that whole, the way that whole thing played out. So, um, it's it's interesting. The best player always is the most polarizing. Um, sometimes the best player shouldn't be worthy of being called the best player. Um, but th- this is where we're at. And now you've got a brand new best player, and it's Demonis Sabonis, and he gets to be paired with De'Aaron Fox and take a lot of pressure off his shoulders. I think in the in the in also in doing so, if De'Aaron is here beyond Thursday. Okay, so I'm going to bring up something our friend Jason Wise tweeted out. Um, Jason Wise, who's worked for the Kings forever, uh, he works in the, the digital side, um, and he's a huge Kings fan. Like, he lives in, and breathes by the Kings, uh, and he works for the franchise. Um, but he tweeted out earlier today, fans were upset when the Kings traded Mitch Richmond for Chris Webber. 
They were upset when the Kings gave Lade Divac a massive, I think it was a seven-year contract. Uh, the Kings were, the Kings fans were horribly upset when the franchise traded Jason Williams for Mike Bibby. Like, this is this is what happens. Like, players come and they go. And sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. Uh, I mean, there's no way in my mind that Tyrese Halliburton wasn't going to not work out here. He was going to work out. It's just a level of how, you know, how high his ceiling was. Uh, and I we don't know what that is. I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, the guys that I compare him, the basketball IQ, the way he moves the ball, the way he attacks, it reminds me of Steve Nash. It reminds me of players like Chris Paul, just the intelligence that he has on the court. That doesn't mean he's going to reach that height. Uh, but, like, I think he's a brilliant basketball player, and I think he was only going to get better. I also think that Sabonis is is a stud, and people are going to yeah. love him. Yeah. And, and I think the one thing that we maybe haven't even touched on, Sabonis is the dude who will not take anything. Like, he's a tough dude. This is one of those guys that you are missing. He's a bona fide, like, road grader. And you now have options, right? So we've talked about the potential for Harrison Barnes to get traded like at any time. Well, maybe you don't trade Harrison Barnes. Maybe you, you try to find a small forward and you can move Harrison Barnes over to the four full-time and he can be a stretch four with a with a guy who averages 12 rebounds a game and will be dominant. Maybe you can find a stretch four and you can keep Harrison Barnes at the three. Like there, This opens up different options what you had earlier in the week. And I think right now, the Kings just landed an all-star. And whether you you love the deal or you hate the deal, you have to understand that they haven't had one in, since Cousins left, and they didn't have one before that uh, since, I think it was 2003, when Peja and Brad Miller made it. Like, this is an all-star. This is a guy who can come in, and he's a better player than anyone else that you have. He is, without any question today, the best player in this trade. Facts. Right? I mean, I mean, yeah, no lies detected there, James. No lies detected. Um, I've been brutal over the last uh, few days. Like, not only I was brutal on the radio on Monday. Why? Uh, about <laughs> the kinks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And then I, 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 did you read my Sunday musings? I did. Yeah. I, I kind of took the gloves off there too. Like, have they, I want to see them do like find a player to build around and build around them. And in all honesty, I don't think that they've done that with De'Aaron Fox and like we can argue back and forth, but um, I think that this is a step in the right direction. If they do in fact, keep De'Aaron Fox, which I, you know, we, we think they will, but there's no guarantee between now and Thursday, but Sean, like basketball, isn't like some mystical, like, like, complex thing it can be complex but like when you have a speedster like De'Aaron Fox you need to surround him with you know like I understand the Marvin Bagley selection what they thought they were getting was a a like elite level scoring big a 20 and 10 guy who could keep up and run the floor with De'Aaron Fox but outside of that move I really do have a tough time like pointing to, especially in the last two years, any way, shape, or form that you did anything to make De'Aaron Fox a better player. I mean, 
I I don't know. I, I think the effort was there. Um, I think you could say the execution could be sloppy. Um, I mean, I think, like it or not, re-signing Rashawn Holmes was definitely a piece that they wanted, that they projected to be building around De'Aaron. You know, but and they, again, you can... That was re-signing. That wasn't, you know... It was, but re-signing, I mean, keeping people in yeah. Sacramento is a big deal. Like, it, it can't go unnoticed. Uh, I think, you know, prior prior ownership, or ownership, <laughs> prior front office, uh, Vladi Divac, uh, I think, tried to do more through the draft. Um Obviously, he 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 shipped a, he shipped a franchise center out of town, which got you Deer and Fox, and he wanted to build around Fox and Buddy and Bagley, you know, and that obviously just didn't work. So, um, I get I get what you're saying. I do think, I do think, like when I read it, I felt like it was a little bit of a compounding of issues. Like there's a lot of there's a and. I, it's not fair because I don't think you necessarily did this, but I think fans can read this and realize that you have so many issues going on this season. And I don't yeah. think you know, like, look, I didn't, I, I don't like to use this as sound as like, you know, puffing my chest out and saying, ha ha, I was right. Cause I, you know, I'm wrong a lot, but when it comes to this season, I didn't think they'd be very good, but I didn't think it would look like this. I didn't think it would be this bad. I didn't think you'd have so many issues. Right. Um, so I think a lot of it just compounds upon itself and then when you start making a mountain out of a molehill or something like that, you know, it, it's just, I think people are making too much out of the deer and Fox situation. I mean, clearly I can see why the conspiracy theory tinfoil hat thing goes that way, but the reality is it could be just, he has a bad ankle still. Like, I mean, it's, there is pain there. And again, I've used it. I've used evidence of moments in King's history where injuries weren't quite what they appeared to be. And, Certainly, like I said before, like maybe this comes out and there's something there. There's inflammation, whatever, inflammation, maybe the, whatever. He meets with a specialist later on. Who knows? Fact of the matter is he's not playing. It's due to soreness. He's putting it upon himself. I mean, the, the team is literally saying, we think he's fine. MRI is fine. De'Aaron comes out and says, no, I'm I'm experiencing pain. Okay, well then, like he's making himself look like the one who can't handle the pain, so... He's only hurting himself in that regard, right? It's not like the the team is is trying to cover up anything there. Like like if if he was really being shopped, for example, or really like part of a deal, and we're just going to sit him out, why would I put him in the position to go out there and hurt his own value by saying he can't handle this ankle pain that he's plagued with this ankle pain? Oh yeah. So yeah. there. Anyway, what what I'm getting at is I feel like so many things have compounded and I feel like to the instance of they haven't done enough to build around De'Aaron, I would agree with you. I would agree with you that there hasn't been that moment and I would point to this offseason as being a tremendous letdown as a result of that. And we've talked about that at nauseum. And and last offseason. Yeah. And, and then the last offseason they did nothing. Yeah. And so what I will say is is this is a two year, almost two little over two, whatever it is, for this front office group. The sins before them, you could argue fall on them because there are some decision makers that are still in the room, um, particularly in ownership and things of that nature. But again, like they're not the ones that have been out 15 years. So they're, they're, they, they're start, their day started at day zero when they extended Deer and Fox is essentially their first move. Um, you could argue that that was a no-brainer, but it's still a, it's still a move that they get credited for. Um, so I don't know, man. Like... This this would this would obviously fly in the face of what you just said because they did they just built around De'Aaron Fox and 
And unless they move him on Thursday or later this offseason or, or in the during the draft, whatever, um, there's a new sheriff in town and his name is Demonis Sabonis. And, and they there's no longer a head of the snake. There's a new head of the snake and it could be a two-headed snake. A two-headed snake. Sean said it. Is that a hydra? Uh, is that is that a hydra? No, I think a hydra is a three. I have no idea what a hydra is, to be honest. <laughs> the, yeah, the three-headed hydra. Yeah. Um, so I'll say this. Like, look. Like, it is three. We we can't. Uh, we can't just say that they just did it because they just wasted a year and a half to do it. Like, I, I get it. They did do it, but. They they may have accomplished this amazing thing, but at the same time, it just they just wasted a lot of time to get to this point. And I'll go back to not this summer, but the summer before, which was abbreviated. It was tough, but when Glenn Robinson the third, no disrespect, and Hassan Whiteside, who doesn't fit this team at all, are your only two free agent acquisitions, and you walk into the season without enough players at all to fill out a roster. Like, you had so many players that weren't NBA players at all. And then you go through the whole season, you make some, some like, small moves at the deadline to kind of change things. Like, when I... I know that they tra- they chased Derek Jones Jr., not this last offseason, but the one before, right? That's a deal that makes sense. That is a player, the style of player, that makes sense to put next to De'Aaron Fox. Glenn Robinson maybe could have been that, but not only did you not play him or give him an opportunity to become that, um, I mean, you bailed on it so quick that it was crazy. Um, but he just was like a really low budget version of what you need. Uh, like, again, Mo Harkless is a perfectly fine player, but you need players like Mo Harkless that are better than Mo Harkless as well. Like, Mo Harkless can be part of a rotation, but you can't go into a season without a true like stretch four without a or if if Harrison Barnes is your stretch four you didn't fill you didn't backfill the three so he could move over and play that position and then you also came into the season with five centers on the roster and Marvin Bagley who realistically is a center and Shemezi Metu who you know is is a guy coming off a two-way like you didn't do enough and the other thing is you also drafted point guards your one position of strength three times in a row. Well, oh, two times in a row. Well, and again, I I, I point to what Vladi did with Weber, with Weber with with DeMarcus Cousins. It was horrible. It, well, and again, you you kept draft that's why I said like why are you drafting Willie? Why are you drafting Yorgos? Yeah, but but again, here you are with De'Aaron who isn't quite DeMarcus at the time because at least De'Aaron was not an all-star, but you bring in two, two guards, you know, in a, in a position you felt you pretty much handled. Again, they went best pillar available. I give them that. But now you've got movable pieces. You have optionality. And James, you just you mentioned Glenn Robinson the third. I had to look it up. He's not even in the league, bro. No, he's not in the league. I don't think Jabari Parker's in the league anymore. He's 28 uh, years old and he's not in the league. Yeah. I mean, no, I, granted, he he had a, a little bit of a different path to, I mean, you know, G League and stuff of that, but not in the league. No, but that's that's we've seen that a lot. We've seen that film before, James, where we see people who leave the Kings and are no longer NBA basketball players. Okay, but but Justin James is also not in the league. He's in the G League, and 
Um, Daquan Jeffries, he's no longer in the league. And, like, we can keep going. I mean, Kyle Guy was part of that. Chemezi Mitt, who was a two-way player that got elevated. Um, Wenyan Gabriel is no longer in the league. Like, these are the pieces. Uh, oh, oh, boy. <laughs> boy. We just got the same uh, Washington Wizards all-star guard. Bradley Beal plans to undergo season-ending surgery on his left wrist. Oof. That's a team that was all in on Sabonis. All in on Sabonis. Look at that. That was a good one, Sean. I like that. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so, Sean, we got to wrap up here pretty quick. Uh, We're going to be a little bit shorter today. We're going to have another pod on on Thursday. It's going to be... I, I don't know how we're going to fit it in. We're, it's going to be a flaming hot Cheeto day on Thursday. Like, Can we do it are, like at 10 o'clock at night? <laughs> yeah. Like we're going to have to wait and figure out what happens here. This is absolutely crazy where we're at. Um, but uh, we got to get to the business of basketball. Oh, boy. I almost forgot. And I'm I'm just going to throw it out there. We saw the De'Aaron Fox. I mean, not, not the – Jesus. That's twice I've thrown his name out there for no reason. We saw the DeMarcus Cousins uh, All-Star Weekend thing where, like, Chris Clark whispered in his ear and, and he got, you know, the classic boogie, uh, like, smirk. Um, <laughs> is this the biggest surprise trade that you've seen since you've been around the Kings? Since I've been around the Kings? Well, it is because you just got an All-Star for essentially – I mean, I don't want to call – Tyrese and Buddy, nothing. I don't want to say that, but you, you a lot less than what I thought. Um, would it? Would you feel more comfortable if you said they got Demonis Sabonis for Buddy Hield and the twelfth pick in the two thousand twenty NBA draft? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's one way of saying it. But the biggest uh, surprise. I will. I mean, the Weber trade was still pretty pretty crazy. Um, at the way it happened. Uh, you just, I remember there's, you know, there were people who kind of wanted to see that play through. I know Weber definitely, he wasn't ready to be traded and had they not traded him the next year, they go after our test. It would have been a kind of, I mean, I know Weber was broken. I'm not trying to like people are, I know probably hitting me right now. Like, Oh, you're too close to your boy. But yeah, I mean, it would have been kind of cool to see web with like our test if they made that trade the next year or whatever that would have been kind of that kind of fun but uh that was it i mean it was a surprising trade i will say the our test trade was not surprising because you heard about it for damn near two years um yeah i think that's where the cousins trade i mean the cousins trade is probably yeah it unfolded so quickly i think the rudy gay trade really did come out of left field like all of a sudden like when he came when he was traded to sacramento yeah yeah like holy cow they just traded for rudy gay like he expired like his contract expired in sacramento i believe right um but yeah he was one of those guys that was like oh i I didn't see that coming and to be honest with you i like it like that i thought that that was a i loved that trade i loved that trade um i would say probably the cousins trade is is a little bit more because granted for all the behavior, and it probably shouldn't have been, but you were trading an all-star out of town after legitimately people in the organization were the ones to tell us that they're the ones that are going to give them the max. And some of the tip of the iceberg, I guess, things that have happened were really quite nothing in the grand scheme of like everything. So um, at that time, he was the best big man in the league. He was a perennial all-star 
he was the only identity your team had. Um, yeah, it was. I think that was, and especially to happen at the All Star game. That's probably that's got to be the most su- surprising trade, James. I mean that that to yeah. me is the most surprising trade. I'm gonna tell you why this trade here is not the most surprising. Just in case, like we you you don't understand that. Um, it's not the most surprising because with Tyrese Halliburton, this team was horrible on the roster. They're 20 and 35 or 20 and 30, whatever it is they are, 20 and 36, 20 and 35. They're bad. And this season has spun out of control. It's so dysfunctional. It feels so much worse than most of the seasons that I've covered because when a team doesn't have enough talent, that's one thing. And like, you can see when a team doesn't have enough talent. To, to survive when you can see holes in the roster when you can look around and say you don't have a small forward who's above six foot five and that's going to be a problem especially in a league where lebron james and kevin durant and like all these players play the small forward position you're you're in trouble like that's just not what this season was I, do i think that the kings walked into this season with enough talent to be a five seed no but they should not be this bad at this point in the season where we are right now. And so at that point, everything should be on the table. And that's why you shouldn't be surprised because yeah, we and, saw this. and Everything should have been on the table. And, and we've been saying that. And to our credit, we've been saying that. But I will say, I understand the fans who are up in arms over – I'm not saying all fans because, again, it's not all fans. Uh, but those that have voiced their concern over losing Tyrese Halliburton – while this team sucks, he's one of the guys you wanted to build around. I get it. But this was a deal that, in my opinion, was worth the risk. And these are the types of deals you have to make if you're Sacramento. You have to swing for the fences. You have to. And I credit Monty McNair for being bold enough to do it, especially without having to give up a first-round pick. That's amazing, James. They can still go out and move their first-round picks among their best assets now. I wouldn't call it their best. I used to call it their best asset. I don't know that it is anymore. Is it? Over Sabonis? I know that's what I'm saying. Sabonis is a hell of an asset. No, that's your best that's your best, that's your asset, best asset. But but your second best asset is your first round pick. Is your first round picks. Yeah. So yeah. And you, you still, still have that. those and you can definitely move those. Imagine what two first round picks could give you could get you. We we always say it. I mean, you look at I mean, man. I don't know, man. There there's some possibilities out there. And, and and if I'm Monty McNair, I'm calling Woj to let him know everyone's available. <laughs> Woj, you want if you want to tell those executives everyone's available, please do. <clears throat> we had T-shirts made basically that said everyone is available. We we said it was a yard sale, but it wasn't an estate sale. So yeah, like if if you weren't listening, this is what we meant. Like that nothing was off limits and. Like, look, I, I I feel for Kings fans, you're going through the seven stages of grief. I get it. Uh, like, But you'll get there, and then you'll move on because uh, I don't think this, this is one of those deals that you're just going to turn around and go, that, that was the worst mistake they ever made. And I think that there are still opportunities for the Kings to make worse moves uh, that would make you go, oh, I can't believe they just did that. This wasn't one of them. Uh, you right. just got a really, really – you got the best player in the trade. And I'd, I'd also point out to those fans that are super negative or whatever that, that are trying to find a glimmer of hope, like Sabonis was a two-time All-Star in a small market. Wow. You know, I mean, think about that. I know the East is a lot different, you know, a lot historically. 
especially over the past five years. But yeah, man, to think about that, like he's coming to another small market and there's some good bigs in the West, but he's among them. And that'll yeah. be, that's going to be, that'll be fun to see how things shake out in the, in the years to come. And, um, 25 years old. Yeah. Now you got someone to go battle. You got someone to, that brings his hard hat every single game. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued. I can't wait to see how it plays out on the court. Uh, we don't know when Sabonis will be in a Kings uniform. Uh, certainly won't be on Tuesday night. Uh, there's always a possibility that he'll somehow fly in and that a trade will get uh, figured out before Wednesday, but there's a good chance it probably won't be until later in the week. Um, but we're going to have you covered, so make sure you're tuning in. Uh, one last, uh, you know, sort of make sure you're hitting a thumbs up, thumbs up. Uh, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button. Uh, we're in a race to a thousand. Uh, make sure you're going to the King's Beat. And so this gets dropped right into your email box as soon as it goes live, uh, every single podcast. And uh, make sure you, you jump on board for a premium subscription because we're about ready to do another happy hour. And I'm lining up a guest. I'm lining up a guest. There we go. So, Sean, any final thoughts? My story was ruined, James. Ruined. I had such a great story ruined. on deck. But now I get to show the interview and... Uh, you know, I think you can still have fun with that, but <laughs> my whole story. Kaput. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's make sure you're tuning into Sean's story because he put a lot of work into that. And, and to be honest with you, he's still going to love Tyrese Halliburton, no matter where he's at. He's one yeah. of those players. You're going to check the box score. You're going to check the box score every day to make sure you know how Tyrese Halliburton's doing. James, by the way, Chris Duarte and Tyrese Halliburton together. Ooh. Uh, that's still going to be a bad team <laughs> for now, for now, for now, for now. And but so hey, are the Kings and so are the Kings, by the way, don't forget, they, <laughs> like, <laughs> Sean, they got buddy healed. They got playmaking though. There it is. All buddy right. healed will be fine. James, he'll be a fine player. All right. Yeah. Now he's <laughs> in a backcourt with, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Tyrese Halliburton, Chris Duarte. Yeah. Going to have to find minutes for buddy healed again. Catch and shoot, um, buddy. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for tuning into the King's Beat Podcast. We will be back on Thursday for another uh, what should be crazy show. Um, there's always an outside chance that I'll be able to stream it, but I don't know if that's going to happen, if I can come up with the uh, the technological like understanding to do that. So you're probably going to have to Need wait a YouTube until we're done seminar. recording. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is something. Um, and also, uh, by the way, for... does Kyle Draper look like he's a little emotional? Oh, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> he looked, like right here, right when he starts, just gulp. <laughs> I love uh, Kyle. I, I do too. Um, oh, and, and I'm going to mention one last thing before we get off the air. Um, the Kings beat for premium subscribers. You're about to get uh, a link to the new Discord channel. And so, for those of you out there that don't understand Discord, I don't either. But it's okay. Uh, we're going to fight through this together. What it will be is it'll be our own community where we can communicate all the time and where you'll get your information fed as well. Um, so it should be a good spot to kind of uh, sort of foster a, a different type of uh, like community that we're building here on the King's Beat. So for ABC 10, Sean Cunningham, I am James Ham. We'll see you on Thursday. <laughs>